If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful to all of you. It's great to be with you. A few days after the festival of Shavuot, I hope you all had a great Yontif, a great Shavuot. I hope you all had the opportunity of being at Shul, hearing the Aseret Adibrod, hearing the Ten Commandments being read, trying to relive that great and special moment of Matan Torah, revelation at Sinai, when God himself came down on the mountain and presented the Jewish people with the Torah, with that everlasting bond that connects us with Him, with the Torah that teaches us, that guides us, that uplifts us, that tells us what in fact the purpose of creation is all about, what in fact we are all about. Torah that not only guides and teaches and instructs, but actually reveals God's purpose in creation generally within each and every one of us personally. This was the celebration of Shavuot. I hope you all had a great time eating, well, whatever cheesecakes you did. And as a friend of mine said to me the other day, I am all cheesecake out. Difficult to understand because after all, it's not a very difficult thing. But nonetheless, I hope you had a great time spiritually and gastronomically. Shavuos is that special time. And the Parsha of Nassau is connected with Shavuot. It is always within close proximity, either just before or just after. Nassau is intrinsically connected with the festival, and we have to investigate what is the relationship between the festival of Shavuot and the Parsha of Nassau. And very much so because we are still in what is known as the 12 days of Tashlamim, when the temple was standing, and for whatever reason, the person couldn't bring the necessary offerings on the festival on the day of Shavuot, which comes out on the 6th of Sivan. He was allowed to, in a sense, make up for it up to the 12th day of Sivan. This year, the 12th day of Sivan is this coming Sunday, the day after tomorrow, the day after tomorrow on Sunday. And there is a custom among many that this is a time that is, in a sense, semi, semi holiday. We don't say Tachnon during prayers, etc., etc. And because we are still very much within the aura of Shavuot, we are still very much connected to Shavuot, this week's Parsha is illuminated by and uplifted by the festival of Shavuot, the concept of Matan Torah, the idea of revelation at Sinai. And as we have discussed numerous times, what is revelation really all about? In a simple word, what is revelation all about? It's the time that the lights come on. Imagine sitting in a dark room, a room that has the most beautiful objects, the most beautiful art, a room that is majestic, from an architectural point of view. But if there is no light, we aren't aware of it. We don't see it. And then suddenly the lights come on and you see the incredible, majestic beauty. Everything changes. What you see around you suddenly brings about a tremendous, <coughs> excuse me, a tremendous sense of joy, the splendor, the holiness, 
the greatness. What happened at Sinai is that the divine lights came on. God revealed, as I said before, the purpose of creation. God created a beautiful world, a beautiful universe, a world of a great many wonderful things on all sorts of levels, time and space, mountains, valleys, things that grow, the animals, human beings, each one in its own right, something of majestic beauty. But there was a darkness. There was a filter. There was a cloud. People really didn't know what was this all about. Yes, they went about the business of living, better, worse, up, down. But the inner meaning of life, the inner purpose of creation was a mystery, a mystery to all of humankind. Select few understood it. People like Adam, people like Noah, the great righteous people, certainly people like Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, the tribes, the children of Jacob. But by and large, humankind did not know what is the purpose of creation. Why did God bring all of this into being? God who is infinite, God who has and knows everything, God who lacks nothing. Why was it necessary to bring a world into being? And not only a world into being, but upon this world to create human beings in a particular way, in a special way, and to give human beings the power of choice. And the power of choice is extraordinary. It has the ability of incredible, creative, positive dimension, and God forbid, incredible, negative, destructive power as well. Why would God want to create a world where human beings, limited creatures, are able, of course, on the one hand, to do positive and great things, but at the same time, able to do negative, destructive things as well? Came the moment, 3,333 years ago, when God descended upon that small mountain in the Sinai Desert, and he told the people, I am God, your God. This is the purpose of creation. And through the sequence of these commandments, through the laws that I'm going to present to you, through that which I'm going to show you, and give you and teach you through the Torah, you will see what the purpose of creation is all about. Because the purpose of creation comes from Torah, because Torah is the blueprint for creation, as our sages tell us. This was the great miracle. This was the great celebration of Matan Torah. This was the great celebration of Revelation at Sinai. The divine light, the divine purpose was revealed. And this is something that we have to understand. We have a great choice in life. We can choose to live in darkness. We can go through the business of simply existing, of simply being, going through the business of waking up in the morning and going to sleep at night and going through the so-called motions of life throughout the day as tragically the vast majority of people do. Or we can delve into the words of Torah 
try to understand ourselves a little bit better, try to understand what in fact it is that we should be doing so that we can understand and see our purpose, our ability, our potential, and the reason that God put us on this world, the reason that God created this world. This is what Torah is all about. And this was our commitment. This was what we said at Sinai. This is what we want to connect with. This is what we want to do. And this is why this Parsha, the Parsha of Nassau, which is so intimately connected with Shavuot, has a very special message for us. More of that This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how to recognize the purpose of yourself within the purpose of creation. Now, there's an age-old debate, an age-old question. What defines a human being? What tells a person himself and perhaps to others who and what he is? Now, very often people will say, what defines a person is what he does. His job, his profession, what he does. I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a businessman, I'm a shopkeeper, I'm this, I'm that, or the other. And a person will say, that which I do defines who I am. That which I do determines who I am. Others might argue and say no. That has very little to do with what you do. What defines a human being is who you are. Who you are within yourself. It has little to do with what you do. You can be this, that, or the other. You can be an astronaut. You can be a fireman. You can be a brain surgeon. Or you can be a street sweeper. All of that is really irrelevant. What you are, who you are, really defines your identity as a person. And the argument goes on. Which one is correct? Is it this one? Is it that one? Is it a combination of both? And this is why we take a look at this week's Parsha and we have some incredible insights into that debate, into that argument. As the Parsha opens up, the Parsha tells us that God tells Moshe to continue counting the families of the Levites, the Levi'im, there were three principal families. There was Kahat, there was Gershon, and Merari. And they were counted separately from the Jewish people, not part of the 12 tribes. They were counted separately. But not only were they counted separately, part of the counting process of each one of these three families also included a detailed description of their duties, their jobs in the temple. The Kohanim, the priests, had their duties, had their responsibilities, had their jobs. The Levites had their jobs, the Levi'im. And part of their job was to carry the various vessels, the walls, the actual carrying of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle within the wilderness. And each one of these families 
were given very specific and detailed instructions as to what they had to do at the end of last week's Parsha. We read in great detail what in fact Kahat had to do. The vessels that were his duty, his family had to carry. The opening part of this week's Parsha is what Gershon had to do. He had to carry the various parts of the Mishkan, as well as Merari, what they had to do in order to fulfill their particular duty in terms of carrying their portion from place to place. As we know, the Jewish people journeyed in the wilderness. They didn't have a permanent place. They moved from place to place. And therefore, the Mishkan had to be taken from place to place. It was put up, it was taken down, it had to be carried. This was the job of the Levian. In addition to being counted, in addition to knowing their numbers, we also know very clearly what in fact they had to do, what in fact their job was, what in fact their responsibility and duties were, and it was very different from one family to the other. Kahat, Gershon, and Merari had very specific and different duties, and each one was defined by that which he did. Later in the Parsha, we come across the gifts that the Nisim, who were the Nisim? They were the princes. They were the leaders of each individual tribe. And they brought gifts to the Mishkan. All the Jews contributed. But then, toward the end, the Nisim, the leaders of each tribe, brought various things in order so they too could be part of the great building of the Mishkan. And each one of those gifts had great purpose. It represented Adam. It represented Noah. It represented all of humankind. It represented the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It represented the Torah, the Ten Commandments, the 613 commandments. Each gift that they brought had great significance and great purpose. However, if you take a look at that portion of this week's Parsha, you will see that each and every single one of those individuals of the 12 tribes brought the identical same set of gifts. Unlike the Levi'im, where they all had different duties, when it came to the gifts of the Nesim, each one brought the exact same set of gifts and offerings as did the others. And one wonders, if one brought that set of gifts, why was it necessary for the others to bring the exact same set of gifts? And not only that, but Torah reads out specifically 12 times which each one brought. And as we know from the parishes that we have already learned, that Torah is very miserly with words. It could have simply said, each one brought the following set. No, it goes through the repetition. Each one bringing the following set of gifts. But here we learn an important lesson. What defines an individual is a combination of factors. There is one thing that we learn from the Levium, and that is 
part of what defines you as an individual, as a person, is what you do. If Kahat would do the job of Gershom, he would not be fulfilling his purpose, and vice versa. Or if either one of them would be doing the job of Marari, they would not be fulfilling their purpose. Each one had to do precisely that which they were instructed to do. One of the greatest gifts of life is knowing what your job should be. We all know a great many people who, well, they became this, that, or the other, and they hate their jobs. Terribly, terribly dissatisfied with what they do. It's a great gift. And for this you need not only guidance counselors. For this you need good mentors, good friends, people who understand you, parents who understand you, teachers who understand you, to guide you what you have to do. Because what you have to do is part of how you fulfill your purpose in this world. What we learn from the leaders of the 12 tribes, you can do the exact same thing that someone else does. The exact same thing. But because it's you who do it, it's not what you do. It's you who do it. It's the individual who does it. It's that which gives it individuality and uniqueness. It's not what you do. It's who does it. And it's this great combination of what you do and who does it that truly defines the human being. This is something which is so important for us to understand. It's not this or that. The great debate is not it's either this, it's either that. It's a combination of factors. You have to know what you have to do in life. You have to know where your talents are, what your abilities are. What gifts did God give you as an individual? What abilities did he give you as an individual? And for this you need honest, objective guidance, which must come from people who honestly and objectively know you. Not to push you into a particular area. I want my son, I want my daughter to be this, that, or the other. But people who look at you and see you in your totality and guide you into that area of life. At the same time, guidance also has to be be yourself who you are. It's not important what you do. It's you who is doing that thing. It's the individual. It's your own personality. It's your own character. You take music, for instance. You take two people, two pianists, who play the exact same piece of music on the exact same instrument, and it will sound differently. They will play from the exact same sheets of music on the exact same instrument and it will sound differently because it's not what they are doing it's who is actually doing it and this is something what gives it uniqueness is the individual and it's this great combination of who you are and what you do what we learn from the Levites, from the Levian, what we learn from the Nassim, that enables us to fulfill our purpose in life. And it doesn't happen instantly. This is a lifelong process. This is the great journey. 
This is why we have to surround ourselves with people, with friends, with teachers, with mentors who are in fact honest and objective and see the essence of who and what we are. More on that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the great gift of life, knowing who you are and what you should be doing and how we can see that within Revelation at Sinai and the Parsha of the week. But before that, another word from the marketplace. Listen to this. Sounds of Celebration is back. And this year, it's more powerful and relevant than ever. This unique collaboration between Education Africa and the Sydenham Shul will feature local and international performers. Simunye, We Are One, hosted by the UAE's stunning Leila Carden and South Africa's very own David Block, will be streamed across the globe on Sunday, the 23rd of May, at 5 p.m. Central African time and on-demand viewing until the 30th of May. Tickets are priced at 85 rand and can be purchased at www.educationafrica.org. That's www.educationafrica.org. We're talking about how an individual can create that incredible balance of knowing what they should be doing and at the same time knowing who they are. This is where the festival of Shavuot comes into play because Torah is able to teach us precisely that. God comes down and what does he say? I am God, you're God in the singular. He addresses each and every single Jew in particular. And although what he says is applicable to each and every single Jew from beginning of time until the end of time. It is all said in the singular. Because what he is saying, I am talking to you as an individual. And therefore, even though you might be doing the very same mitzvah, the very same commandment, that millions, tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions have done, Millions are doing, but the fact that you are doing it makes it your own, makes it unique, makes it something which is special, makes it something which is great, makes it something which is extraordinary. And not only that, but the more you learn Torah, and particularly the elements of Torah within the mystical dimensions of Torah, within the hidden dimensions of Torah, you will begin to understand yourself more and more. The makeup of your own emotional structure, the makeup of your own intellectual structure, and you will know full well what your true talents, gifts, and abilities are, and you will be able to tailor-make what you are to what you have to do. You will see yourself, you will see others from a completely different and more clear point of view. This is what Torah is all about. And as I mentioned before, this doesn't happen overnight. This is the journey of life. 
This is the journey of life that takes us from one point to another, from one level to another. And this is why we must never confuse how we earn a living and what we do. Because what we do really, on the most external level, doesn't define us. But what we do as individuals and who we are as individuals, that's what really defines us. And this is the great gift. And this is how we don't become bitter with life. This is how we don't become bored with life. This is how we don't become angry with life. Because suddenly we see purpose. Suddenly we see clarity. Suddenly we see reason. Suddenly we see the greatness God reveals the greatness, the purpose, the reason for all of this happening. This is what Naso, the Parsha, is all about, and its connection with the festival of Shavuot. We learn from the Levine what they have to do. The duty of one family was very different than the duty of another family. We learn from the Nesiim, the leaders of each and every single individual tribe, Twelve of you can do the exact same thing, but it's who you are, the makeup of yourself, the makeup of your individual tribe. That's what gives character and purpose and meaning. It's that wonderful combination. This is what Revelation at Sinai does. So as I tell you every single week, when you're in shul tomorrow, or if you're still sitting at home and you're reading the Parsha on your own, take the time and listen to some personal words in the Parsha. Try to make it your own story. Try to make it something which speaks to you individually. Try to marry the words of the Parsha with your soul, with your heart, with your mind, with your character, with your personality, and try to connect all of that to an action that is relevant, that is meaningful, that is personal. That's how you make Torah your own. That's how Torah teaches you. That's what happened at Sinai. We have to make it our own today. It's possible. It's real. It's doable. Have a good Shabbos.